Watch this. Give him the ball. You should just comply. Did we? Did we? Jesse. Jesse. Whatever. You're listening to At the Half. And now, Jackie Ray. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to At the Half. I'm Jackie Ray. Don't forget to follow me on all things social media. I just got to get that out the way because I'm trying to get my Instagram to 5,000 followers. I need y'all to help me. So go to my Instagram, follow me at Jackie Ray TV, and then head on over to my YouTube page. Follow me there at Jackie Ray TV as well. You're going to want to make sure you do that because. I'm going to put some of the stuff that didn't make it into the interview with these beautiful women that are coming up next on the show. I'm excited to have both of these women because both of them are walking in their purpose. They're doing their thing. They're strong, beautiful, educated, all the things that seem to translate differently to different people. So if you remember a couple weeks ago, I went on a rant about the negative energy that black women get from black men. I wanted to circle back to some strong black women and ask where we as black women have to kind of take onus of where some of these really ratchet stereotypes may come from. So joining me today, I have radio personality and host on 102.3 KJLH. And I also have event creator, influencer, and entrepreneur right here from LA, Chrissy B. Both these beautiful women are joining me right now. You are going to love this conversation as we talk about the B word some of the ratchet stereotypes that go out about black women and what that means to us. Take a listen. I don't know if TikTok has just figured out how to piss me off, but there was like this influx of black men speaking very negatively about black women. So I went on this rant about that, but now I wanted to do kind of the opposite and just kind of talk with black women, especially black women who are educated, walking in their purpose, and just really kind of dive into where some of that negativity might stem from you guys are both educated like i said professional but on the flip side you have the Nicki minaj the cardi b the megan the stallion that are kind of pushing a different narrative than i think what applies to us so i want to just ask both of you first um kristen i'm going to start with you when you hear people saying oh yeah i'm a bad bitch which Cameron and I talked before we started the show. Both of us hate that term. But okay. what is that what does that term mean to you? Um, you know, I'm actually the opposite. Mm. Um, I'm the opposite because just like the just like the N-word, and I I, I ha- kind of have my own um, I guess, opinions and thoughts about the N-word. Mm-hmm. But like I look at myself in the mirror and I'd be like, you a bad bitch. Mm-hmm. Like you came through, you conquered, you, you made it through your day, you know, you accomplished your goals. And I know the word bitch is derogatory and has been used in a negative form for so long. And I do get this all, all the time because me and my friends refer to each other, you know, sometimes as, you know, as bitch, you know, hey, bitch, hey, girl, you know, like, so we kind of use it in the same context as hey, girl. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, I guess, take it out of context. You know, when we're referring to the word bitch, it's to me like, like, hey, girl, hey, what's up? Like, so we, I, I kind of use it in a different context and I would never directly 
like I have, there's different ways to use the word bitch, you know, right. it, let me just kind of sum up, you know, what I'm trying to say. So there's different ways to use the word bitch. And I think, you know, when it's basically used in a disrespectful way. So I, to me personally, it's just the way, how, it's the way you use the word. Mm. So I, I've, I'm saying I look at it in the opposite because again, it's the context of the way it's being used, just like mm-hmm. the context of the way you use the N word. So to me personally, I personally, I, I don't have a problem with it um, because I have, you know, I, I look at myself in the mirror all the time and I'm like, you one bad B-I-T-C-H, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and again, it's just the context that I'm using it at, as in. And I, all, and I do, and I think very highly of myself. I respect myself to the utmost and I carry myself with respect for other people to respect me. Mm-hmm. And I've never been called that word in a negative way or, you know, it's been used derogative, you know, in a derogative way. So to me personally, I, again, I'm not against it. It just depends on the context you're using it in. Okay. Cameron, like I said, I know you and I have a different thought process. Can you kind of chime in? Yeah, first of all, Kristen and Jackie Ray, thanks so much for having me. It's great to to be in yes. company of powerful Black women, and mm-hmm. I salute you both and looking forward to the conversation. Um, and Kristen, definitely appreciate um, what you've offered up in terms of that word. Um, I am on the, the adverse, actually. Um, mm-hmm. I really do think that, um, <clears throat> you know, the, the saying goes sticks and stones. Well, right. words do matter, and how yeah. we how we see ourselves and how we portray ourselves to the outside world is, world is how folks will follow along. And Absolutely. so I don't really do, I don't really subscribe to using that word mainly because the word actually we've remixed it <laughs> to be mm-hmm. something positive. And it's really, mm-hmm. you know, the historically um, women have been called, first of all, it's a female dog. Second of all, which is an animal. Second of all, you know, it, it is a word that, you know, synonymously men through historically through time have not always been, um, it's not been a generous word, right? When it comes to women. And so I just try to lean into the space where I respect what people want to do. I try to lean into the space of using affirmations that are a little different, like girl, you got it going on or sis or, you know, queen, um, which is part of my pronouns. When I do meetings, I announce one of my pronouns as she, her queen, because that is how I think Black women specifically should be referred to. We are queens. And I just don't try to sit into the space or or subscribe to the space that I know for me personally is negative. And so my friends and I were having this conversation actually, and uh, we were saying, you know, we don't really, um, we don't really call each other that, but it is interesting because pop culture has embraced that. We've just Mm -hmm. seen um, Insecure, which I am a huge fan of. Um, Oftentimes, you know, the two characters would, uh, you know, greet each other and refer to each other as bitch, bitch. And it's like, you know, okay, but what other words can we use? Because guess what? Someone's always watching. Our young people are always watching. Um, Our little ones are always watching. And if they think that this is okay and they take it out the four walls of the building into spaces where people are not in the culture or we're not in the comfort of our friends, what happens when they say it around a room of folks who think it's okay to say, and then they carry that on. Same with the N word. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you know, at what point do we draw a line? I guess is what I'm saying. I, that's kind of where I fall. I cringe. I probably don't, register the n-word when i'm in a room and there's nothing but black people in that room it probably doesn't even register to me because i i have friends that say it and it's like they're saying the word the it's just in their vocabulary Mm -hmm. i only really hear it when we are outside of our closed groups because to me you still can't say it you'll still catch these hands if you say it and you're not black 
So I don't want them to feel comfortable enough. I don't want people to hear us use it so freely that they feel like, oh, it's no big deal because that rude word is still a big deal. It's still rooted in hate. So I don't want us to, you know, like you said, Cameron, I don't want us to remix it. But Cameron, you work with KJLH. So you're in the midst of the pop culture. You know how much music influences everything. So do you think that that's kind of where we are, where now we have these superstar musical icons that are kind of normalizing this and everyone is kind of following suit? Absolutely. Absolutely, Jackie. I feel like that is a space that we're in now where we have gotten really comfortable because, you know, artists who we look up to, mm-hmm. um, whether we like it or not, they are they are using their platform and their voice and their influencers, right? And so we do look up to them in a certain way. Look at Meg the Stallion. She just inked a deal with Netflix, a production deal. And right. so she has a big voice, right? Nicki Minaj, every, we can go on and on with the ladies. Coily Ray, all, every, everyone has a platform that someone is looking up to. And so I do worry and about, um, you know, pop culture being such a heavy, heavy um, weight that we're looking at them and thinking that this is the way, right? They Mm -hmm. are trendsetters. They do, whether we like it or not, they do set the tone for a lot of things. And so in music, we're hearing more and more about, you know, women calling each other B, this is, like I just used the the, uh, example of Insecure, which is one of the biggest, you know, series, hit series, and you've got characters using the word and people see that and they think it's okay. And Mm so, you know, I just really feel like I really sometimes wish that some of our intelligent and beautiful and strong um, Black singers and actresses would utilize the platform to sort of change it, you know, and start using some words that really make people think twice or, or get shooketh, like I say, you know, why aren't we using words that are a little more empowering? And I feel as though if we do that, what changes, you know, what changes? How does the, the atmosphere shift a little bit? But yeah, you're right. We are seeing that. I see, hear it all the time. I hear right. it all the time. And Kristen, I want to ask you the similar question because you're, you're an entrepreneur. So you have to mm-hmm. kind of ink your own deals. You have to get into these rooms yourself. Do you, do you ever hear someone saying, you know, the B word or the N word as a term of endearment while you're doing business? And if so, how does that does that trigger you in any way or is it just, it kind of glosses all over? You know, it, it's both. It just mm-hmm. depends again on, and I guess me personally, cause I hear it so much. It's almost a part of like my everyday. Like if I hear it, it doesn't even phase me anymore because I hear it so much. Um, it's, it's more so again, it's, I'm just, it's just me personally. It's just kind of like the context that is being used in. And the people that I have been surrounded around never really use it in a negative way. Mm-hmm. And again, I know, you know, where the word, you know, where the word derives from and how, it, you know, the origin of the words, the B word and the N word, but it's never really been used out of context to disrespect or, you know, directly to disrespect someone. It's like, hey, you know, like, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Or it's in the same context as the word B, um, the B word. So. For me personally, I guess I, I just, I hear it so much, but again, not used in a negative way. It doesn't, it, you know, it's just, it hasn't bothered me because just the same amount of that I hear the word to be the end, I do hear the word queen. I'm always addressed as queen. Hey, sis. Hey, queen. Mm-hmm. Nice to see you. So I'm always addressed. Like, honestly, 90% of the people that I'm surrounded by, all my friends call me sis. 
I right. I, I, call my, I use sis so much. I call my daughter sis. <laughs> my daughter, my my daughter's nine. She's addressed as sis. I say, hey sis, you know. That's I, so cute. I use, it, I use it so much. So mm-hmm. 95 percent of the people that address me always address me as queen or sis. So those are the words that I also choose to. And I don't. I'm not walking around just like, hey, bitch, what's up, girl? You know, I I don't use it necessarily but do have i used it yes have i addressed myself as before looking in the mirror and be like you got this you know whatever but again like it's it's all to me it's just about the context of how it's used right so i want to shift um to how we're perceived because one of the things that kind of irks me to my core is anything that black women anything that we do is always copied but those who copy it get praise for it. So for example, we'll have, you know, the Megan, the Stallions, the Cardi B, you know, they're superstars. So that's different, but when they're acting out there, acting a little bit ratchet or, you know, doing the ah or whatever, that's, that's them. But when white women do it, it's like, okay, but black men seem to think of us as ratchet, mouthy, you know, ghetto, all of those negative words when we do it. So that's why I'm wondering, is 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 this just one of those things that we just have to accept that's the way it's always been, white people steal stuff from us and then they kind of capitalize on it? Or do we have to kind of shift the narrative from that a little bit? Christy, I want to start with you on that one. Um, you know, that that's actually, this is a good point because um, it's kind of how I look, it's kind of how when I look at Kim Kardashian mm-hmm. um, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm never going to bash another woman. I'm never going to speak negative about another woman. But when I look at her, I'm thinking like, really, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, really, because <laughs> let's just, I'm going to just be, we're going to be transparent. You're not black. Mm-hmm. You're not black. And with all respect, I know you, your husband was black. Your children are mixed. That's fine. You have a blended family, but know your boundaries. Okay. You, you, you know, you're trying to look black. You your cornrows are 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 African are African deprived. You know, like right. everything about you is driven by a black woman. You're looking at a black woman and you're trying to mock a black woman. So when it comes to that, those are those boundaries to me where I feel like now you're crossing the line. Mm-hmm. And and if and as far as Megan and and Cardi B, I'm like it was Little Kim and it was Foxy Brown. Yeah, you know. So before <laughs> then. So we can, I can, I'm not knocking at this point. I'm like, sis, get your money. I just kind of embrace it. I, I just hate, I'm just, I, I hate seeing it so much. I'm like, there, we, I'm like, we, we can keep our clothes on and still look sexy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you can be fully, fully dressed and still get your bars off and still get cute and still be sexy. But it's also to who's behind it, who's pushing it. Like, if you want to sell, you got to take your clothes off. You got to shake your ass for the camera. Right. You know, so it's, a, it's the men that are supporting us. It's the record labels. It's our management. It's our team. It, that all that cycle has to change. It's about who you're surrounding yourself about surrounding yourself with and your team to me personally, where that narrative is going to change. Because at this point, they're like sex sales. We already know that's that's the narrative that's being pushed, especially with black women, because I feel like all the others can be fully clothed and still get their bag. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so not they're not necessarily giving what we have to give. I feel like black women are always having to be the face of sex. Right. You know, we, we are, we are the face of selling sex, but again, when it comes to someone else, they don't necessarily have to do that. So, right. 
Well, and that kind of leads me back to my original point. So, you know, we were over-sexualized. We can, there's historical data of how we were over-sexualized even in slavery. And then, of course, hip-hop comes along. And now, you know, we got half, you know, it was like, what was it? Uh, BET After Dark. Uncut, <laughs> so, yeah. You know, uncut <laughs> or whatever. So it was like, yeah, this, uncut, you yes. know, our own men have perpetuated. But again, that and, and Cameron, I think you'd be a, a great resource to kind of get your opinion on this because you work in the, you work for KJLH, so you see a lot of the music industry, but I still feel like what we as black women portray, and I'm not, and I'm kind of with you, Christian, on that. I'm not mad at us finally saying, okay, y'all are going to over-sexualize us anyway, so now we're going to get paid off of it. But when us regular folk who aren't Megan Thee Stallion and Nicki Minaj, when when they start to do it, when when black women do it, who are regular, we're seen differently than when white women do it. And that's what bothers me. So Cameron, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I want to go back to the culture vulture piece. I really yeah. feel like, you know, and and Kristen, I love what you said as well. But I really think that it it bother, what bothers me. First of all, black women, we are the mecca. We are the pinnacle. Yeah. We are the mothers. Everything, everything, right? Everything uh, was birthed through us, channeled through us, right? And it is upsetting that when you see culture vultures, and I'm just using that term for lack of a better term, um, but it, it's it's conveying what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Kristen, you use the Kardashians as an example, right? And I'm not bad. I'm not mad at the Kardashians getting their money, right? They they figured out the formula mm-hmm. and they get their money. However, sometimes it's at the expense of Black women. And I say that yeah. because if, I don't know if you've seen them, but some of them are getting darker and darker, right? Every and year. Darker and darker every, <laughs> every year. year. And that's not All a mistake. All their features exude the features mm-hmm. of a Black woman. That's mm-hmm. just be clear. Exactly. Yeah. And I often look at their little Black babies because that's who they are and what society is going to see um, them as. I look at them and I say, I hope you're going to do your due diligence by making sure that those young girls know who they are. Mm-hmm. I also look at their little black babies who are gorgeous, gorgeous girls, right? And little boys. And they're going to, I know that they're going to be powerful contributors to society. However, I look at them and I say, wow, is was this like planned? Mm-hmm. You know, everybody, you know, anyway, that's another, you know, topic for another I time. Hear you, though. I but, hear you. Yeah, <laughs> right, I right. Yeah, I do. I exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I will mm-hmm. say it is, it is bothersome when I see, um, you know, that white women or other cultures utilizing and adapting our, um, you know, love for culture, fashion, for being eccentric. I mean, all of Mm -hmm. these things are beautiful, right? All of these things were derivatives of us, you know, being enslaved. And when we adorned our hair with gold beads and beautiful, Mm -hmm. bright jewelry, all of that has, we brought with us, right? All of us, all of those things we brought with us to see those things sort of, you know, um, amplified in a negative way. It's bad to me is a problem, is a problem. Right. Um, I recently saw, and I can't remember the artist because I hadn't heard of her, but I clicked on her. Someone had put her on Instagram and I clicked on her feed and I looked at one of her videos and she literally, her rap was like, yeah. Woo. And I'm like, do you have to do that though? Why can't you just be yourself? Because mm-hmm. to me, it's almost like you're feeling like you have to lean into a a black culture. And I use that in air quotes because we know we're strong, powerful, and smart. And everybody, the way we're portrayed is often not our voice. Like we didn't say it's okay. Right. So when I'm looking at her, I'm, I'm like, girl, like, do you, do you feel like that is what you think we all look like, what we all speak like, what we all talk like? So that's, that's okay. And it does bother me. It bothers Mm me. At one point, do we, like you said, uh, Jackie Ray, yes, get your money and, you know, 
hey, if everybody else is figuring out the formula, we just go with and get the money. But on the other side, at what point do we start calling things out? Do we stand up and say, hey, listen, you know, this is who we are, right? This is who we are, but we're not okay with the culture vultures. It's a lot of cultural appropriation happening. And I don't, I feel, I worry sometimes that we're a little desensitized to a lot of things that are going on and we're not Mm -hmm. speaking up and we're not saying, because we do have power. I see it in my position. I see it in, you know, in the music and the artists that I see, we do have a platform. And I just think that sometimes we don't recognize the, the, you know, the power and the weight behind our voices, especially, especially the young Queens who are in the industry, who we're buying records from, who we're streaming from, who we're downloading their music. They've got huge, and some of them are speaking out. I don't want to say a lot of them aren't, but, we could do a little bit better standing up for ourselves and calling things out when we see these white women and other other women that we know are just blatantly, you know, in our face, appropriating our our beautiful culture. We should say something, definitely, because yeah, it's getting out of hand. I mean, it's getting it is getting out of hand, and it is offensive that someone would see and think that that is the way we all think that we all, that you have to be, you know, like we don't all pop our necks. Hey, listen, I pop my neck real good when I'm with my girls. Cause right. that's what I, cause that's what I can do. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even with the hands I just did, that's what I can do. Right. Mm-hmm. I, that, that is, that is how I express myself. I am, I am from a culture that is very expressive and proud. Right. right. And so, but, but that doesn't give you a hall pass to be able to do what you think is right. Without, without understanding that that is hurtful, mm-hmm. without understanding that that does not make Black women feel good, and that we are always getting the down negative grunt for it, right? If we step up and say something, then we're looked at as, you know, aggressive, as loud, as why? Why is that? We need to start questioning those things. It's time. It's time. Black women are powerful. I'm sorry, Jackie Ray. I was just going to say black women are powerful. We're one of the most educated right now, statistically. We're one of the most um, largest entrepreneurial entrepreneurial group right now, entrepreneurial group, excuse me, right now. We got it. What does Beyonce say? I talk like this because I can back it up. We we are the most sought out. Let's just be clear. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. We are the most sought out. Everybody wants black on their team. Everybody wants it. Even though we don't get credit for it, we may not get recognized for it, but every powerful force to me has a black team. Mm-hmm. We've been popping or, or one black force. <laughs> We've right. been popping. Yeah. So let's, let's, yes, absolutely. I agree with you. And it's yeah. just, and that's, that's my thing. It's like, even, even as I walk into rooms, you know, I've freelanced for a very long time. And that's the narrative that I heard over and over again was we need your voice. We need your voice. We need your voice. Because I, I did reach the point for a long time in my career. I was trying to be the best Becky I could because I thought that's what I had to do in order to, succeed. And then when she still, I was still freelancer for so long, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to be me. And then all of a sudden, cause I'm, I'm the, the big earrings, change my hair every other day type person. That's who I am. And when I walked in that purpose, then I got so much more attention. And then obviously it, it, you know, I was telling Cameron, that's what led me to the Long Beach Post is what they just followed me for a year and was like, we need you. But on the flip side, you know, sometimes I hear people still say to me, okay, you probably shouldn't wear those big earrings. Maybe just pick a hairstyle. And, but then you go on, you know, like you said, the Kardashians and they got hair down to their booty one day, a little short bob the next, super long nails. And I'm like, what? Wait, wait, wait. You know, and it's just that, that no, don't, don't ask me to dial back because what it is, is it's, is, and this is my opinion, of course, but to me, when, when, especially when white people are saying, Hey, you know what, maybe you should just pick and the people who have said that to me, 
I feel, I could be wrong, but I feel like they've had the best intentions. They've wanted to help me go further in my career. But what they see is a real black woman, like she real black. So maybe let's help her dial that back. But when they see a white woman do it, they're like, oh, she's a fashionista. She's fashion forward. And it's just, it's very condescending. And I think the only way that we can, as black women can combat that is if we stand together united and be like, no, you guys aren't going to culturally appropriate us all the time and then make us feel bad for doing that exact same thing. And that's why I think we need to use our voices and these platforms are, are absolutely necessary. And as black women, that's what I want us to always do with each other. I want us to speak life into each other, even if it's from afar, you know what I mean? Absolutely. That's definitely a discussion that I feel we need to dive deeper in. So I might have to make this a monthly series where we really explore the dynamics of being a black woman and how that translates to the outer world. But make sure you follow my guest, Chrissy B. You can follow her at I am Chrissy B on Instagram. That's I am K-H-R-I-S-S-Y-B. And then you can follow Cameron Green on Instagram at I brand radio chick, just like it sounds. Coming up next, we're going to talk about LeBron James. Stay with us. In today's society, everything your heart desires can be ordered online, shipped, and delivered to you in the simple touch of a device. Why should your beauty needs be any different? Why spend hours in barber and beauty shops waiting for what you could have done with the click of a button? Mobile beauty services are the newest, fastest growing trend around the world. And with this new and literally cutting edge service offered by Custom Cuts, time is back on your side and your schedule is back in your control. Log on to the app, create a profile, add payment information, and you will never need to travel, sit and wait for, or be inconvenienced to look your best. Our certified specialist comes to you in the comfort of your environment as long as they meet company standards. Log on today and allow us to fit into your schedule and make your next cut custom. What's going on, everybody? We are at the half of At the Half. This is one of those conversations that we're going to dive into right now that I have been trying to avoid because I've been hearing this whole narrative go around about the problems that the Lakers are having are all LeBron James' fault. That's insane to me because this is also the man that everyone accuses of being a pass-first guy, but in just over a little bit over 100 points, And he's going to be the all-time leading scorer of the NBA. In my opinion, I feel like he has at least two more years left in him. But this situation in the Lakers, with the Lakers, is, I don't know. I just don't know. But here's the thing. No matter what show you listen to right now, from first take to Nick Hamilton in the morning um, that you can hear on Sirius XM from Nightcast Media, Everyone is blaming this situation that we are seeing with the Lakers on LeBron James. So let me let me let me help with this because I feel like when you do that you're just you're missing some things, you know. So yes, I do believe in my heart of hearts and as I'm going to co-sign the narrative that everyone is putting out there. The team that we see right now in LA is a team that LeBron built. It's a team that LeBron, and to some extent, even AD, wanted to come to fruition. I also believe 100% that if you are Rob Palenka, that you allow LeBron James to create the kind of team that he wants. Why? Because 99.9% of the time, he has the highest basketball IQ in the room. So 
if this is the man who has carried team after team on his back, if this is the man who who's known when he needs to step up and carry a team, when he needs to be the pass first guy, when he needs to take charge, when he's had to coach up a team, when he's had to build the chemistry, when he's done basic, when he's had to be coached, basically, when he's done everything, you give him the opportunity to create the team that he feels is going to win a championship. You allow that. But then when it doesn't work, you, Rob Palenka, um, Jeannie Buss, Frank Vogel, you need to step in and you need to do your jobs because at the end of the day, you guys are the executives. LeBron is under contract. So it's not like he, aside from retirement, it's not like if you bust up this team, he's going to go somewhere else. That's not going to happen. He came to LA for a very specific reason, and that was to get a foothold on his post-basketball career. So LA is where he wants to be. He's not going to leave. This is where I feel like he will ultimately, even if it's just for a day, go back to Cleveland. I feel like he will retire from Cleveland, but he is building his empire in LA. This is where he's going to be. So you do allow him the latitude to do what he feels is best for the team. Einstein, smartest man that we know, even Steve Jobs, these people have made mistakes. Even in their genius, they have made mistakes. Einstein had to trial and error. Experiments didn't work. He had to go back to the drawing board. Just because he has that mental aptitude for basketball doesn't mean that there's not going to come a time where he makes mistakes. All of us are human. I believe, while I personally still want this to work. And I understand that I'm one of those people that want to hang on to it, but don't go by me, y'all. I've been in relationships way too damn long. (laughs) So, you know, sometimes I'm the type of person that because I want it to work so bad, I can hang on to it for too long. This would be one of those situations. If I was in charge of the Lakers, I would want this to work so bad that I would hang on to it for too long. Russell Westbrook, though, had six turnovers in, in one game, that game we had 17 turnovers um, and, and Russ had six of those in the loss that we suffered against the, the 76ers. Y'all, it was 105 to 87. And so here's the thing, though. LeBron didn't play that game. Okay, so Russell Westbrook's assists were down, which makes sense to me. It's easier for him to find his assistance groove when LeBron is in the game. But um, as far as points, Malik Monk had 11 points. Stanley Johnson, two points. Anthony Davis, he had 31 points, but I didn't watch that whole game. But every time I tuned in, my man was on the ground. Bro, <laughs> you can't spend that much time on the ground when you missed a glass. And I he and I get it too. Like he's had so many injuries. He's so injury prone. He's still playing to not get hurt to some extent to me, which is is problematic. That means you are in your head about injuries, which could ultimately lead to more mistakes. Russell had, what, 20 points? So between the two of them, they had 51 points. We only had 87 points as a whole team, y'all. So what this says to me is if LeBron is not on the floor, we can't win. But LeBron can't be on the floor every single time. At this point, the Lakers are in danger of not even being in the play-in. Not even being in the play-in. Y'all, the trade deadline is approaching. I do not want Russ to go, but I will concede the point that maybe some of y'all are right. This Russell Westbrook experiment in L.A. does not work. Carmelo Anthony in that game scored no points either. No points. 
at all. And he was he only had what? One defensive rebound. Here's the other problem. And this has been a long-standing problem for for multitude of teams. This isn't just a Laker problem, but our ability to get second chance points doesn't exist. Y'all know good and full hell well if if Russell Westbrook is shooting the three, everybody should fall underneath and try to get that damn rebound. But ain't nobody doing that. Y'all are doing this catch and shoot thing and it's not working. It's not working. Y'all got to blow up the Lakers. Remember how y'all did it when, when Lonzo was here and y'all shipped half, more than half the team out? Look, you got to blow them up. I don't know what that means because that's not my job. But at this point, if this is the team that LeBron put together, you have to own that now it's time for you, Rob Palenka, to step in and do your job. You've got to do what's best for the team. You tried it. I'm not mad at you for trying it. It's time to move on. But y'all ain't going to blame this on LeBron all by himself because LeBron can only do what Rob Palenka allows him to do. Stay with us. Coming up, Tony Designs is here. He painted a beautiful picture of me that's never happened to me before. So I had to bring him on the show to see where he gets his motivation from. He does do murals, things of that nature. If you want to commission him, stay with us. You're going to figure out how next. All right, you guys, welcome back to Jackie Ray TV or at the half or wherever you are listening to this or my YouTube page. I'm excited because I have Tony Designs here with me. You guys don't know this, but I've known him for a long time. I Horrible story, horrible life, but I can tell those stories. One day I used to be a property manager and he was a resident at a community that I was an assistant manager at in Canoga Park. And so that's how we met. And then I think sometime within the last year or two, you hit me up and said, hey, can I paint a picture of you? And he did. And we're, I'm going to show you that in a second. But welcome to the show. Thank you. And finally, Thank you. it took us a while to yeah. get this popping. Mm-hmm. But you're here now. So one of the things I never really learned from you when I was working at, was it Fountain Park? I think it was. Yep. <laughs> hasn't um, changed much. It hasn't? No, it's still a little raggedy. Is it? Because it's under new ownership now. So I just figured that maybe it would make ownership it look. After ownership after ownership. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Yeah, well, because they they were selling it when I was there, and then I bounced out to another property, and then they sold that that, and then I was like, okay, Lord, and then I went overseas. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's how that happened. But you were painting when I was working there, right? You were mm-hmm. a painter then. So how did you start? How did you become an artist? I started since I was seven years old. Okay, won an art contest that actually gave me the springboard to like pursue this for mm-hmm. real i actually liked it you're supposed to do what you like in love in yep. life and yep. whatever's whatever's natural to you so i've been drawing all my life uh i taught myself airbrush i'm very proud to say that i taught myself airbrush so i like it teaching yourself airbrushing teaching yourself airbrushing is actually just you know having the gut to i know how to do art but let me take it to this next level mm-hmm. you know how to do broadcasting let's mm-hmm. take it to this next level gotcha. you can go anywhere and do anything i've been i've been looking forward to having that opportunity yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying you're going to be out there on the sidelines. I'm, I'm, I know it. Yes, yes. You're so what motivated me? Yes. I mean, what motivated me was like I, I, I want to have that in my, in my resume. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I bought some stuff, made some mistakes, and sold a few. Yeah, right after the mistakes. Right, and that's how it goes, right? You just can't uh, give up. Stair step. So who was one of your first clients that you were like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm moving into the right direction. I'm moving. I'm moving in my calling right now. I did something for Snoop 
Okay. Um, in a, in a connection type thing, mm -hmm. and you know, it's, it's everything is on the irons on the fire and things like that. Mm -hmm. I've been putting things out there since what ninety two. Okay, a long time. I have a comic strip. I've done like some women's clothing with some patterns and things like that. I got a, like a little resume of things that I've been doing. Mm -hmm. My IG is Tony Designs uh, uh, with a, a spell with a Z. Uh, my nonprofit is Stella May Community Project. You know, these putting these pieces together and. You know, this is the opportunity. So what exactly, what does the nonprofit do? The nonprofit is uh, to develop art, to develop talent, mm -hmm. anything that we can do for the community as far as donations and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, anything we can do to help, anything we can do to elevate, educate. So you bring a lot of kids in? Yeah. I mean, under, under uh, you know, since COVID and mm -hmm. since all the things like that, we have to minimize what we're doing. But uh, right now we're looking for a workspace. Hopefully we can get some donations and make a workspace happen so we can invite people in and teach them art and do some sip arts and do some mm -hmm. things like that, events and giveaways and, you know. What was your last nonprofit event that you had? The last nonprofit event was uh, on Crenshaw uh, okay. off of, uh, what's it, uh, Hillcrest? Mm -hmm. Right yep. on there. Yeah. Um, we did some giveaways. We did some, uh, uh, some actually some art uh, uh, lessons right mm -hmm. there on the spot. Mm -hmm. While some of my my colleagues were like selling their candles and things like that. So we made about an hour or two even. Okay. So you guys have a collective of people that are doing yeah. different networking. Things. Okay. Networking. This is how it happens. Once you you know you you have a piece. I have a piece. We put together a piece and make a whole piece. So if somebody wanted to commission you, say somebody wants a painting or they want something, some art in a wall. That's that's real popular nowadays people wanting something commissioned art for. on the wall is no problem commissions is no problem uh okay. tony designs at yahoo.com uh, um, and you can get in contact with me through there through the email mm -hmm. uh, i'll discuss go back and forth with you i mean my possibly can go on location you can mm -hmm. send me emails you can send me pictures we can you know facetime what have you and mm -hmm. that's how we can put that together one of the things we were talking about before we went live was the difficulty in finding a space because I'm doing this whole work live thing and, and it's annoying sometimes because you got to set stuff up, take it down. And I think it's important to take stuff down sometimes because your mindset, because otherwise it's just weird, right? It's very weird. But how has that impacted you? Because you're, you're doing the same thing, right? You're living and working out of I'm the same space. I'm living and working out of the same space. You know, you just have to make the time. Mm -hmm. You have to create the time. You have to just like make up your mind. Like, I'm going to do this today. Right. If there's a book to be written, I'm going to make time to, to write that book. I'm mm -hmm. going to find me a space and I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. I've been doing it in a little corner of my kitchen. I've been airbrushing over like a month and a half. Mm -hmm. um, just blessed to even be there. So right. I'm looking to go forward and, and, you know, get a bigger space. Now, what's your process when you create a piece of art? I know you said something about you use your phone or projector. Like, how's that process work? I, when I did your picture. Okay. Um, you've been a, a, a dear friend of mine, a cowboy fan yeah. and all that. We went Former. through that. Yeah, I know. I know. We, yeah, we went with that. Yeah, we went with that. We went with that. <laughs> well, please, we'll talk next year about that. But, I mean, you inspired me to do better, actually. No. at your craft mm -hmm. and i was like damn i'm proud of her i says okay now what level could i could i take myself to mm -hmm. so that's where the teaching of the airbrush came in that's where just like creating different opportunities to do art and mm -hmm. the projector part is actually the process okay what i do is i look at my subject and i figure out what i want to do i'll look at a blank wall for a mm -hmm. while mm -hmm. and i can just i'll just do it in my mind and then i transfer my mind thoughts or whatever to the canvas Oh, okay. So the projector kind of just helps you. The projector makes it bigger. I can, oh, okay. I can, I can line okay. it up better and things like that. Okay. Yours particularly, 
um, I did it by hand. I did it by eye because I, I was looking at the phone the whole time. And okay. when you sent me the picture, I think I picked a, I picked the picture. Mm-hmm. And you said I like the picture. Yeah. I said okay. And you just happened to be wearing this exact same shirt. Exact that's same shirt. You know what? That's okay, all right. I figured that <laughs> Scorpio. Right. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I remember what he painted. Let me. Exactly. Where is that shirt? When I, I saw the picture, I liked your too. picture this morning. Yeah, yeah. And I said, oh wait a I minute, like, am I tripping? No, I was like, am I tripping? Because I was gonna. So I, you know. Like you said, Scorpio, I was like, damn, I, I should braid my hair. But I was like, I am not. I'm tired. I don't Let me just, we're going like... to get this, we're going to get this done. We're going to yeah, get this done. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I almost, y'all, I almost braided my hair. But it takes me, because 90% of the time, once in a blue moon, I'll get my hair done. But 90% of the time, I do my do it myself. And it takes me eight hours to braid my own hair. I like the bangs. You do like the, a lot of people like, like the bangs. Like yeah, the bangs, the bangs it's, it's people like it. Look. It's a different look. <laughs> I like all your looks, but the bangs is like one of my favorites. I think I hit you up about that. But I was so excited that you were finally going to come by. And here's the funny thing is like, um, my apartment is very Afrocentric. It has such so much black art in it, you know, but I have the huge Marilyn Monroe picture, which I love. I love Marilyn Monroe um, because for, for a lot of reasons. But nonetheless, when I do have guests over, that's the first thing they notice is like, Marilyn Monroe just don't fit. Yeah. And she just don't fit your your whole scheme of things. So I was like, but Tony did a painting that would fit in that exact spot. So that's why I'm really excited to see. So we're going to hold on one second, y'all. We're going we're gonna to do some unveiling. Hold on. This is beautiful. This was you. This was in my vision. This mm-hmm. was you. Just like really looking pretty and really just like focused on, you know, just focus. Focus was what I saw. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? At this time, I was like super focused. And mm-hmm. I said, let me just do something. Just let me reach out. I was actually, I was doing a few of these for a different, you know, but this one, this was the biggest one. They thought you were my girlfriend. They thought, <laughs> uh, they thought a bunch of stuff. But I said, you know, I've been, I've been knowing this lady for so long, man. Mm-hmm. I've been proud of her. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going to do something for her. I know she got this show. And it'll be nice to have that in her spot. Well, yep. when they go, when they walk in there, they say, "Look, this is what somebody thought of me. You should think the same." I like that. So, what do you have coming up next? Well, today I want to go see a friend. Okay. Um, we're going to talk about getting some, uh, maybe some disabled people to mm-hmm. do a, a couple things. Okay. You know, you got to get some. Uh, what do you call it? Licensing and mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be, or some or some permissions or whatever the case may be. And mm-hmm. I want to teach art though. That's my that's my goal. Yeah. Either to teach it, bless somebody with it, uh, and do more of it. So tell everybody again where they can contact you. You can contact me at Tony Designs at Yahoo.com, the email, uh, and we can go from there. And then you can see this picture too on on your Instagram as well, right? Yeah. So make sure you check out Tony Designs with a Z and his card. I know y'all can't see it, but it's metal. It's got a whole design on it. That's the Tony Design. So if you're in need of any art at all, make sure you check him out. If you need a painting in your house, maybe a wall. If you own a business, because that's what I'm thinking. If you own a business and you need a wall done, this is your guy. He's going to get it done. So thank you so much for joining, coming on the show. Appreciate, Appreciate you. It. That's going to do it for At The Half. Thank you so much to Tony, Cameron, and Chrissy for being on the show today. And thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to follow me on all things social media at Jackie Ray TV. And if you're in LA and you're doing something dope and fantastic, you can leave a message for me on my At The Half hotline. We can get in touch. I would love to interview you. That number is 818-538-9337. Again, it's 818 818- not 538 818-538-9337 or just hit me up on instagram that's where i spend the most of my time we will see you guys next week don't forget 
The Opposite Reaction comes on Tuesday on Nightcast Media, the Good News Radio, wherever you listen to your podcast. Once again, I'm Jackie Ray. Y'all be safe.